if you have your assets set up in some sort of entity, an LLC, a limited partnership, something like that, entities don't die. So entities do not have to be probated. So that's one thing you got to look at if you're going to start building a dynasty of real estate. You've got to be set up right also. Best ever listeners, wouldn't it be nice to have a $2 million pre-approval line of credit? Ah, Just think about that. Isn't that nice? Wouldn't that be nice? How would that help you get more deals done? Because when you submit a pre-approval line of credit with your offer on a fix and flip house, do you think it's going to stand out more? I think so. And our friends at Fun That Flip, you know Fun That Flip, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show before many times. He's a friend of mine. He's also the owner of Fun That Flip and they're a sponsor of today's episode. What they're doing is they're giving a $2 million pre-approval line of credit up to $2 million pre-approval line of credit for qualified buyers. And my gosh, in this competitive buying market, Sellers prefer to sell to buyers who have a high likelihood of closing, right? Makes sense. Well, use this pre-approval line of credit from Fund That Flip, and that will signal to the seller that you're the real deal and you'll be able to close quickly. It's free. All you got to do is go to fundthatflip.com. You've got to qualify that you have prior experience and there's a process but it's free and you need to go to fundthatflip.com to get the pre-approval line of credit because this is a way that's going to help your short-term rehab loan happen because you're going to get the deal for the property where you need the short-term rehab loan. Go to fundthatflip.com and get that pre-approval line of credit for up to $2 million. Best ever listeners, hello, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. My name is Joe Fairless, and this is a show where we cut out the fluff. We don't talk about it. We only talk about the best real estate investing advice that moves your business forward. With us today, we have the founder of one, reclub.com. You can say hi to him at jimmyreed.net. One, reiclub.com is a real estate club in Fort Worth, Texas, where I grew up and call my hometown. He's got 29 years of experience in buying and selling real estate. He started out wholesaling to local investors in Fort Worth, Texas. With that being said, Jimmy Reed, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? You bet. Hey guys, I hope everybody's having a great day. I started, like uh, Joe said, nearly 30 years ago. I started in the wholesale business. I actually went to a two-day real estate seminar training like most people do. Got involved, liked the program, liked the fact in wholesaling I could do it with no money. Then all of a sudden, as it, that business grew for me, my background was actually electronics. So I was doing my real estate after I'd get off my 9 to 6 job. And uh, started wholesaling properties. It took a long time, I think the nine months before I did my first deal. But then by the second year, I was doing 55 of them a year part-time. And then uh, out of nowhere, I decided I needed some help. And so I started doing a local training to get some guys to come in, learn what I was doing, go find more deals because I had such an influx of investors, mainly from out of the Texas area mainly California, Arizona, back on the East Coast. 
And they were coming in wanting to buy rental properties. And most of the guys back then here locally only wanted to buy, fix, and sell. So they needed a lot more equity. So we started doing that and uh, started training people how to bring us the deals, showing them what to do. And that went on, and I started buying rentals. Next thing I knew, I was approached by a national guru, me and one of my old partners. We uh, created a wholesale program for their company and then a mentor program. And then as time went on, I became kind of an expert in finding deals through probate. I found that I had a lot more equity deals, meaning there was plenty of equity and a lot less competition by working probate. And so needless to say, I started training for many, many of the real popular gurus that are out there and have been out there the last 10 years. They were using my uh, wholesale probate and mentor program material. And I left the last guy probably back in 2008, went back on my own and said, I'll just do my own trainings, do it my way and at a lower price so I could get people started. And we just started doing things before you knew it. I was doing deals in Hawaii. Costa Rica, Panama, we've done a little, in fact, we've got a huge land development still going on in Costa Rica that's about, oh, a $20 million piece of land that we'll probably sell, but if something doesn't happen in the next few years, it could be developed. We're developing some others down there right now. And needless to say, I just pretty much uh, have always had the real estate club since about 2002. We focus here in Fort Worth on people coming to the club, whether they're new or seasoned, coming in learning how to do the business if they're new and if they're seasoned, actually doing deals at the club. Uh, We bring in some national speakers probably about five times out of the year. We meet 12 times a year, and at least five of our speakers are usually national, and the rest are typically local. I still specialize wholesaling, but right now in our market, the whole Texas market basically is really set up and thriving in the retail end. Now, the problem today is finding deals that have equity, but we do have investors from outside Texas coming in and paying full price for properties because they're not looking to buy, fix, and sell. They're looking to buy, fix, and hold. And I think right now in this market, if you don't have a niche, you could uh, definitely go out of business because so many people don't know how to get a continuous flow of inventory. And I find that for me, probate and my networking has been what keeps us always full of inventory and things going smoothly. I've also written a few books. One of the books we wrote is called No Fear Real Estate. It's out there on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, things like that. And it's a book that a lot of people, when they read it, say, wish they would have read it before they went to a real expensive seminar because it does a lot of training in the book. But again, I called it No Fear Real Estate because I had fear when I started. And most of the students we teach now, they always have some sort of fear when they're starting out in the business. But I tell people, wholesaling will help you. It's harder to wholesale right now in my market because of so much competition. But we're wholesaling one right now that closes in the next two days. It came through a probate situation, and it's got a lot of equity in it. And that's hard to find in my market. But that's kind of what I've been doing for 29, 30 years. We own apartment complexes, houses. We've done land development, a little bit of everything, and we still teach on a regular basis. Plus, we do a for those in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that come to the real estate club, we have a program for them where they go out in the field with me for a year, and I just pretty much we split the deals with them as they bring them to us. So 
that's kind of it as a, a quick summary, as quick as I can make it on what we do. So anything else there, Joe, you'd like to know on? You said Fort Worth's a hot market, Dallas-Fort Worth, and I'm well aware of that because I'm from the area. And you said that the two ways that you're getting continuous deal flow in a hot market, one, probate, niche, and then two, your network. And you said you're closing in a few days on a probate deal with a lot of equity. Can you walk us through the probate deal that you're closing on a few days with a lot of equity? How you found it? What are the numbers? You bet. And let me tell you, right off the bat, some people are going, oh, that takes too long. Here's the thing with probate. You're constantly working probate in the areas of what's going in to the probate courts. You're looking at inventory list. You're trying to make contact with executors. But at the same time, you have a network and sometimes a network of code enforcement officers, judges, uh, lawyers who are working in the arena of probate. And the deal I got started two years ago with a lead from a code enforcement officer that said, hey, we have a house. It's a four-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath, backs up to the golf course, says it's worth about two twenty-five, two fifty. said it's been sitting there vacant for three years. He gave me the lead, so that lead didn't actually come within the probate courts, but it came through the code officer. Then, as we started working it, we went through the courts, more like the probably on that one it didn't really go into the court because once we found in the courthouse, meaning their tax records and deeds, that part of the uh, courthouse, we found this lead, found who the executor was, made contact. And once we made contact, we had somebody who um, was basically husband had passed away. She was alive. Both sides had kids, meaning he had kids before they were married. She had kids. So everybody in Texas is entitled to the property. Well, he passed away probably eight, nine years ago. And then over time, the problem was really with the woman who was still alive, but she has dementia. So we found out that an attorney had created some power of attorney documents for one of the daughters. And the daughter, we finally made contact this year and got a hold of her. It's a process of trying to eliminate all the heirs trying to also get all the heirs on the same page, but an executor does have that power of attorney and can override anything. So we got a hold of the power of attorney, being the daughter. She's gone through, got everything to the title company, showing, yes, they have the right, she can do everything. And so we got that under contract probably, I will say about two months ago. And in the two months, I started doing my due diligence, meaning going in, looking at it for inspections. And we had to write a contract with actually no price in it because there were a lot of hidden numbers. Nobody knew exactly what the loan balance was. Nobody knew what the liens were. This is in an HOA community. So were there any HOA fees? Well, once we went through all of that and finally got all of our numbers, we then amended the contract and put in, here's the price, which in this scenario, I agreed to pay everything. And so basically, once we got it under contract, everything good, moving forward, one of my investors, I called a few of them and said, hey, you guys, I'm willing to wholesale this. I'll let them have it for 115 And of course, the house is worth 225 to 250 and so I had one of my investors, so I've sold it. In fact, he's a, actually a former student. He came through the uh, Rich Dad program, and I taught him over there at, uh, when I was working for them back in 07, I believe 06, 07 for them. He came through. He lives locally. He likes the deal. 
and we actually close on it tomorrow. So he's going to have plenty of equity and the property needs, uh, based on estimates, we're between 40 and 45,000 to rehab a house. Now I ended up cutting him a better deal. So he's going to end up getting in it for about 110. If he puts 40 in it, he's in it for 150, but he could go as high as 160 in the project, still have plenty of room for realtor fees, closing costs, and if he sells it even at two fifteen, he's still making a real nice hit. And I always say the lower price, the reason is, could he sell for two fifty? Sure, but it might take four months on the market. The good news is he's entering the right time of the year to sell those also. But it'll be a probably I'm gonna say six weeks, maybe seven weeks on the rehab to get it up and get it going, depending on what to do. In fact, we'll probably film the project. In fact, I think if the closing gets moved on his side to Friday, we'll probably actually do that live on Facebook at the closing in two days. That's the plan. If he if it goes well, we'll film it on the Facebook live now app they have. So if you are out there on Facebook and you're looking me up, it's just you look up Jimmy Reed. Uh, anytime you're looking for anything on me, you can just go to Google and put Jimmy Reed Real Estate and typically you'll find me. You wholesaled it to him for one ten. How much did you have to put into it with the loan balance, HOA fees, liens, et cetera? Well, the thing is, I didn't put anything into it. I just put it under contract. Okay. I got estimates put under contract, and I've assigned him that contract for twenty two thousand dollars. Actually, the exact number is twenty one and change, like twenty one five, twenty one six. I'm assigning the contract. It'll put him in it for actually right at about one ten. Again, that's with him taking my contract, and just so you know, my contract, I'm in it in the 80s. So got a real good deal using probate. You look in Dallas-Fort Worth, and people go, there's no way to get that much equity in a property. But if you're working where nobody else is working, and you're finding truly motivated people, think about this house sitting vacant for three to five years. The father passed away eight years ago. There's a lot of motivation there because they're they're having to get the grass mowed regularly. They're having to pay HOA fees. They're having to pay a mortgage. That becomes a drain on the family, and they finally, they didn't know what to do. And that lead from that code enforcement officer helped me get tracked through probate a little quicker because he gave me the lead. But the process was still the same. Once I had the lead, I still go down to the courthouse. Some of it can be done online, but not everything. And I'm big about the network, and networking means to me – meeting someone face-to-face, going in, shaking a hand, and then just like when I go to the probate court, they know me down there. They're going to tell me things that would take entirely too long for me to try to figure out or spend the time to find out through the computers and everything down there. When you get to know somebody, they go, oh, hey, we just had one come in the other day. They filed the probate. They filed the petition for it, and they've got an inventory list, and you're talking – three or four houses, because a lot of investors do not have their own business set up correctly. There was a real estate investor here a few years back. The woman passed away, never had them in an entity. They were all in her name. She died with probably about 90 rental properties all in her name. Every bit of that's going to probate, and it's going to have to pay taxes because of the value on it, where if you have your assets set up in some sort of entity, an LLC, a limited partnership, something like that, entities don't die. So entities do not have to be probated. 
So that's one thing you got to look at if you're going to start building a dynasty of real estate. You've got to be set up right also. We own apartment complexes, so we definitely have them in entities. Right. And just to make sure I'm understanding, how much are you going to make on that deal where you're selling it for 110 Basically, I'm going to sign the contract just under 22000 So that's all I will make is just the 22000 But I didn't have to close on it. I didn't have to do any work to it. I basically just did all the legwork, get it under contract. I went ahead and got estimates in case I wanted to rehab it. And then once I got the estimates and everything put together, a few of my investors are always calling me saying, you have any deals? And I thought, hey, this is not a bad one to just wholesale during the summer. My son's getting ready to go next year. His is his last year at high school. He's a senior, plays football. So we've been having to go to a lot of football camps this summer. So instead of me rehabbing it, I thought I'll just make a quick 22 just for putting the deal together and letting somebody take the contract from me. So I sold the contract just under 22000 What's your best real estate investing <laughs> advice ever? Best real estate advice, let's see. I would say... You must become the McDonald's of marketing. If nobody knows who you are, it's going to be real hard to get a good deal. Everyone else focuses on finding people to buy properties or finding people that they can sell to. Forget that. There are plenty of investors out there, plenty of them with money. The hardest thing today to do is find a deal. And the best way to find a deal is to let everybody know you're the person to come to when they need to sell. And I call it become the McDonald's of real estate as far as marketing. We all know who McDonald's is. We know that they market every day on multiple TV channels, billboards. They're always marketing. And the reason is it's called top of mind marketing. And if you're going to be in real estate, when somebody has to sell right then and there, you want them to go, oh yeah, I should call Jimmy Reed. That's who I need to call to sell a property. And that's what I would say is the best advice because I get a lot of good deals through the network. People call me saying, hey, somebody told me you buy houses. I'll go, yes, we do. I bought one last year, which was in a low-income area, little bitty one-bedroom house, typically something I wouldn't even want to buy. It was only 400 square feet. A guy in Dallas called me and said, hey, somebody over here in Dallas said you buy houses over in this low-income area. I said, yeah, we'll buy anywhere. He said, I need to sell it. I need to sell it quick. And it was a probate. And that came through a totally different scenario. But the problem was the probated house had never actually gone through the courts to be probated. There's a timeline to do it in Texas. So we had to actually spend $2,400 to get it back into the courts, get it back through, which required our attorney at the title company to take it through. Took a couple of months. But I was buying the house from him for 5000 Plus, I had to pay the 2400 on top. And so I'm in a little bitty one-bedroom house for less than eight grand in a market where you can't find a lot for eight grand, not in Dallas-Fort Worth. And I turned around, and we sold it. As soon as we got it cleared up, we sold it within two days for about $25,000. So, again, probate is a great way to find inventory. And I always joke around about it, but it's a guaranteed. I mean, one thing that's a guarantee in life is death in taxes. And so in death, if it's not set up right, depending on where you live and what the processes are, you're going to go through probate if it's not in an entity. And you're usually going to be dealing with executors because one rule I learned about tradition 
is most families, if they do anything that's traditional, it's this. They always pick the oldest child to be in charge of their will, regardless if that oldest child knows anything whatsoever about real estate. And so we want to find those executors. That's what they're called, basically, an executor, and say, listen, I know you don't know what to do. You don't want to mess with it. Let us take care of it, and we'll get you out of it, and we'll even try to get you some money for it also. And that has always been our bread and butter. Again, that's finding it. What you do with it on the exit strategy is totally up to you. I choose to wholesale a lot of them, but then when I find the ones I really like, I just keep them as rentals. Or if I want to retail it, I can retail it. Of course, I always joke about retailing. You know, there's a dozen TV shows on every day about fix and flip, but that's work. And I see a lot of people who try that for the first shot at doing real estate, and they are in and out of business in six months because they don't understand the rehabbing of it. In fact, one of the things we do through our club here is every October we take a bus trip, and it's usually $99 to go on this bus trip. They go out in the field with me, my property inspector, my realtor, my contractor, and everyone that goes on that bus trip actually gets a spreadsheet that they're able to keep and use that shows them how to estimate cost. Because I find most people want to buy, fix, and sell, but they don't really have a clue what the cost is to sell. And if you don't leave enough room on the table for profit, next thing you know, you're probably saying, I don't like the business because I didn't make hardly any money and it took me five months. It's like, well, yeah. So like the one down here that I'm hopefully will get everything done by Friday, this one, we left him $100,000 in equity on the plate. And so even with realtor fees, closing costs, rehab, he still has plenty of room to make a good profit. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's go. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, if you're looking to take control of your retirement and you have a 401k or IRA, then check out Sense Financial. It's S-E-N-S-E financial.com. They offer you the chance to take control of your retirement accounts through the self-directed 401k and IRA programs. You can request your free consultation at sensefinancial.com. Best ever book you've read? Best ever book, Think and Grow Rich. Second to that, the Bible. Best ever personal growth experience and what did you learn from it? Uh, don't trust attorneys. I did a project down in Panama where we trusted an attorney. He, he was a good guy. I'm not going to say he wasn't. He came highly recommended and within a project back in 09, ended up basically embezzling $1.2 million from us. So I learned real quick, be involved on all aspects. And regardless if somebody gives you a high recommendation and there's plenty of proof, Always keep the money to your own bank account. I don't think I would like trusting the attorneys anymore handling the funds for my investors. Hmm. What was the result of the embezzlement? Uh, We actually still sold the properties, but we didn't make the profit we should have. We actually had a loss. He went to jail for six years. He basically, just like anybody, and I dealt for a whole year with everybody from the Secret Service, which was very interesting because you never think they're involved in this, but because it was international property. Two, I dealt with the United States Attorney General as they put a case together against him. 
But I learned that in that year, what happened is he just thought because he was holding the trust accounts, and not just us, there were other clients he had. And over all his clients, I think he ended up, it was about $7 million. But on my end, it was about one point two. But what he did is he tried to do some real estate project himself, thinking I can move the money out of the trust account and have it back before anybody notices. Well, it didn't work. And then all of a sudden, everything started collapsing around him. And that's kind of what happened. Just one of those life lessons you learn and you go, yeah, it was a high-risk project. We still got money back out of it, but we didn't make what we should have. And we're still dealing with one or two projects down there that hopefully might recoup everything that we ended up losing over on the other. But all because we thought it was a smart idea, people do it every day, is letting the attorneys at a firm handle what's called a trust account. Well, the problem is, when they're handling the money, they can actually handle the money. So, ended up he didn't have any. He didn't really just take it and steal it. He put it in a project, and he actually lost on the project that he was doing. You said you there was investor money involved. How do you have that initial conversation with investors after you realize what happened? It wasn't easy, but like uh, most of them, in fact, just about every single investor thanked me for doing what we did. We dealt with it for the next four years, handling everything. Uh, and we just told him, said, this is what happened. We filed with recovery boards in the state where he was licensed. We even cut some deals with people to just help us hang in as long as we could to try to turn it around. The other thing about it was it was bad timing. If he had done it two years earlier, we could have probably sold the projects and at least broke even. But at the time he did it, and we're talking 08, 09, when this process started, and we found out in 09, that's right when the United States, you had a change of uh, presidency, and you had an economy that kind of collapsed worldwide. So when you're dealing with properties outside the U.S., I always tell people, keep this in mind, until the U.S. fully recovers, most likely the other countries aren't going to recover until the U.S. does. And they're going to recover at a much slower rate. So we were in Panama and Costa Rica, and Costa Rica is still recovering. So we still own some of the properties, so we're not at a complete loss. We own them free and clear because we raised enough money to do these things with uh, all cash. But at the same time, it's, yeah, the market collapsed. We've got to have them come back. But anything that we own free and clear, we should hopefully uh, do a little better on. But the others, you know, they're just some things you learn in this business is, you got to have a good team and you got to be a good manager. But when it comes to an attorney and a trust account, they can send you the trust balances and everything. But what you'll soon find out is it's probably fraud. It's what they're sending you is not actually correct. It was being manipulated. So I learned from now on, I'll get the attorneys to do everything, but I trust me handling the money than I do anyone else. Best ever deal you've done. Best ever deal I've ever done was probably a land deal where my management fee, just to put it together, was probably about $80,000 just to put a deal together. Now, I've made some big hits on apartment complexes where we buy an apartment for half a million, five years later sell it for a million. So, you know, uh, net profits on those are nice. But I'd say best deal, just the fact that you can put a deal together and make 80 grand to put it together and still get paid when the projects turn on the backside, that's pretty good. What's the best ever way you like to give back? 
Uh, I serve at my church. I lead a Monday night men's group. And a lot of people that go to my church have been involved in some real estate through me. They're going, hey, we want to do this. We want to give it a shot. So they get to speak with me on a very regular basis, including coming to my house for a cookout or something. And so that's kind of my give back. I do do a stewardship training. It's actually on my website. If anyone has an interest, they can actually watch the videos. It's a becoming debt free training. And I put it up for free Oh, quite a few years back. Uh, the book's not free, but they can do it without the book. And then, it's, and again, a book's like probably on Amazon, I think they sell it for $20, $25, something like that. But it's how to be a good steward and become debt-free. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far? I think it's the attorney, letting them handle the money. To me, that's my biggest, because that's the biggest loss I ever had. How much did you personally lose on that deal? Oh, gosh, I don't even really know, to be honest, because I had to deal with it for four years. And so there was a lot of money, attorneys, EPAs, all kinds of stuff. I don't have a clue. My CPA probably has a better idea of it. But because it was stretched over four years, you'd have to add up at least four years worth of it. Is it 500000 or roughly? I mean, is it around that range? Is it higher, lower? Just under- No, I would say me for me personally, it's lower. Um uh, Involved in one of the attorney deals, the fees alone were $30,000 just my part. So, yeah, that's a lot to spend on an attorney to just say, you know, let's figure out what this guy did. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? Uh, the best way, I always say, is really email because I check it multiple times throughout the day. I have an office line. All the contact information for me is on my webpage, which earlier you said jimmyreed.net, and it's J-I-M-M-Y-R-E-E-D.net. You can go in there, email's the best, unless I'm out of town, and then I tend to, when I go on vacations and stuff, I don't do business. I have people that run my office when I'm out of town for rental properties and everything else, but I tend not to do any business. I plan around it, so... You know, I've lost some good deals because uh, family is more important. you got to go, you know, if you're in Hawaii for 10 days, you don't need to be doing a deal. You just need to be enjoying the time. But JimmyReed.net best way to reach me. I've been on quite a few radio shows before, so there's some of those floating out there. I've written for some magazines. Oh, way back in the day, I used to write for Creative Real Estate. I've written for Invest. I've written for uh, Personal Real Estate Investor Magazine. So there's some things out there, but YouTube channel is pretty good because we have a lot of people that follow us on the YouTube channels and we do a lot of filming of things to kind of help them understand real estate, you know, assignments, double closings, how to do some things before marketing and everything. And then periodically uh, we film some closings here and there, but I think what we're going to do, like I said, on Friday, we're going to try the uh, live now Facebook. We haven't done that at a closing before. So on Friday, I'll probably send something out on my uh, Facebook and YouTube channels, Twitter accounts, all of that today or tomorrow. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners. And well, I, I really enjoyed hearing your stories on the probate deal that you're closing in a couple of days where you worked for a couple of years on it. And the key was, first off, the lead and the relationships that you had. In this case, it was with a code enforcement officer who gave you the tip on the deal that it was vacant for a couple years. 
and then your story on the attorney where, hey, if there's a trust account, you're going to make sure that you handle that, not have a third party regardless of what type of initials are next to their name based on a degree that they received. Because right. ultimately, you're responsible for your deals, your investor money, and that's a lesson that we can all learn regardless if we're raising money because there's multiple applications for that on many aspects of deals. So thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on probates in particular and your experiences that span 29 years now of investing in buying and selling in real estate. I hope you have a best ever day, Jimmy, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, Joe, I appreciate it. And anytime you want me back on, just let me know. I totally enjoyed it. Best ever listeners, if you're looking to take control of your retirement and you have a 401k or IRA, then check out Sense Financial. It's S-E-N-S-E financial.com. They offer you the chance to take control of your retirement accounts through the self-directed 401k and IRA programs. You can request your free consultation at sensefinancial.com.